All right, everybody, welcome to Better Law Firm Marketing. In this episode, I have a very special guest. Well, all my guests are very special, but I've got James Dapache uh, returning for a second date with me. Uh, we had him earlier on in the podcast, and uh, that was a really successful episode. So I've asked him to come back and share more of his insights. So he's a special counsel at Chamberlain's Law Firm. He is uh, the, the man behind a coffee and a case note. He's also a social media extraordinaire, and uh, he's uh, he's currently on Zoom with me right now, and he's like, oh, come on, man, don't embarrass me. But anyway, we're going to do a bit of a catch-up. We're going to maybe talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's lockdown been like for, been like, uh, for James. We're going to dive into social media. So a lot of you have been really into the episode I did a while ago about Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn and just comparing those. So we're going to dive into that a bit. We're going to talk a bit, a bit about TikTok because he's currently got almost 21,000 followers on TikTok, which is pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, we'll just see where it, where it takes us. Now, I'll have some links in the description so you can learn more about James and uh, and his law firm, uh, Chamberlain's law firm. And just before we dive in, uh, there'll be some links for a law firm marketing plan. Uh, uh, that's at legalsites.com.au. If you want to apply for a coaching call with me, there'll be a link for that as well. And there'll be a bunch of other links there as well. So go and check those out. And please consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing to the podcast. Apparently that helps out with the almighty algorithm. And if you know anyone who's interested in this type of content, please just let them know. And finally, I'll just introduce myself properly. I'm your host, Brennan Kelso, law grad turned law firm marketing specialist, founder of legalsites.com.au, and you're listening to the Better Law Firm Marketing Podcast. And in this podcast, you'll learn how to leverage the most time-efficient law firm marketing strategies to get more leads, more clients, and more profit. That's enough of that. James, thank you very much for waiting patiently. Uh, I can't believe you started off our second date with uh, by embarrassing me, Brendan. Bloody hell, it was going so well, and mate, and, that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's just how I roll. <laughs> well, look, uh, I t- I'll take it as endearing, and uh, if you play your cards right, um, uh, then there might be a third a third date in the offing. Brendan, thanks for having me. Um, lots of embarrassing stuff you said that was extremely generous, but yeah, really, really happy to get into a chat today about um, the balance between being, you know, I describe myself as a reasonably traditional practitioner, timesheets, jacket and tie when I'm in the office, you know, basic straightforward stuff with trying to leverage the internet in its current form to sort of market that practice. And so, yeah, really happy to to come in and do a bit of tic-tacking, come back for round two. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) So um, one of my questions was, like, what's the boss think of your uh, your social media start? I'm like, uh, yeah. does he just let you go for it, or he or she? Yeah, yeah. look, look. Um, it's 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 he. It's Stepe Valletta at the moment, our um, our managing director at Chamberlain's, uh, and I think the project is part of the reason <laughs> I was brought in to the firm and invited to be a part of it. So uh, he's <laughs> he's a fan. Um, so that's handy. But look, if we try to spin that out for everyone, um, that is not going to be the universal experience of every single uh, solicitor in our jurisdiction or others. Um, So there is that delicate line to tread. Um, I worked at a different firm when I started off the project and I never heard anything negative. Um, So, you know, it may well be that firm adopted the exact same view, but I can certainly understand someone being like, ooh, what are the, you know, pale male stale friends down the hall with 30 years more experience than me think about me, you know, uh, hopping onto Instagram to talk about, you know, conveyancing or, or, or whatever it might be. So I completely understand people being worried, what will my employer think? Uh, I'm in the fortunate privileged position where I'm directly aware that my employer thinks it's pretty good. So right. for That's the moment, good. I noticed that Chamberlain's has a podcast. Was that yes. uh, who? Who? Whose idea was that? Aha! It was in place before I arrived, but I'm grateful for the implication that I was involved. And what's interesting about it, Brendan, is that I think a lot of firms would feel this way: that you have a little push of like, "Great, let's do a project of every you know practice group leader doing an FAQ, and we'll sit everyone down to do a round of podcasts." And that's a great four, six, eight, ten podcast run and that'll last four, six, eight, ten weeks. And then you still got a podcast at the end of that. And so mm-hmm. I think there's an open question for us 
as a firm with our podcast and probably a huge number of other firms with similar projects on foot to say, all right, well, we've kicked this off now. <laughs> we haven't had an episode for four months. What's what's the next way we're going to you know make make use of this? Because as you would surely tell your clients, someone clicking subscribe on your podcast is fantastic. And so how do you thank or reward or bring value to that sort of person? And I think it's a really open question that Chambos, we've got a reasonable answer to, but uh, I think there's always space for us to refine and improve. But uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty good podcast and there might be some familiar voices on there from time to time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. What do you think about like just generally like small law firms creating podcasts? Like, Is it something that you like strongly encourage or is it maybe something you kind of you you get involved in if you've kind of done some of the more basic you know, content marketing first. It's certainly not something I'd encourage as a starting start-off point unless you're a passionate podcast consumer. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's who's listening to a lot of podcasts and loves the idea of creating one, great. Mm-hmm. Don't let some idiot hopping on who's lucky enough to hop on Brendan's podcast dissuade you from that. But if you're someone who hears that hmm, podcasts might be a good marketing tool, maybe I will, maybe I won't, I don't really listen to them, mm. then I don't think starting a podcast should be step one or two or three <laughs> in your marketing plan. So mm. uh, what you and I have spoken about before, Brendan, um, and that I hope you still hold the same view, is that for anyone who's thinking about a content marketing sort of strategy, how am I going to use the internet to, to build my practice? I really think the first and best move is, look, what parts of the internet do I actually like? Am I a Pinterest person? If so, great. So let's start thinking about how content's going to work there. Am I a podcast person, to use our example? If so, fantastic. Let's go do it there. Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, Clubhouse, you know, the examples roll on and on. And I think it's following your own curiosity rather than picking the best one that would be the, way, the thing I'd suggest. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think you're the first person to mention mention Pinterest on this podcast. So congrats for that. I've uh, never been. I'm just trying to sound <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm. I'm just picturing that's going to be the next thing that you, you're going to dominate. Unless are, are you already <laughs> are you already a superstar on Pinterest? Am I just not aware of it? No, no, no. Like I just do not have that um, visual arts creative bent. So no. that'll be one of the. Uh, one of the arenas I'll just have to surrender to to be like, mm, sorry, I can't, I can't leverage this um, sitting in a cafe content to turn into a beautiful picture. So yeah. Pinterest, you know, it is, it is uh, very, very much open and available for anyone else. But mm-hmm. I, sh- I should also say, Brendan, just, just you're saying very kind things about the degree of my dominance of some social platforms. If we take TikTok as an example, and if we take um, Jahan Kalantar or James Diamond as examples, they've got me well and truly covered, having started well and truly uh, over a year after I did. So I'm happy to sit here and say I know a little bit, but I certainly don't don't wear the crown on uh, on any of these platforms. But, yeah, I consider myself in the mix, doing my best to try okay. to uh, leverage them to you know, bring some people some value and potentially have them thinking about whether my firm's a good firm to help them out in future. Have you considered doing some more dancing videos on TikTok or any? Uh, Not for very long. Not for very long. Uh, (laughs) I thought about it once, decided no. Did you really? uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was like, well, not quite a dance, but like an eyebrow raise or doing some pointing in time. Because (laughs) when I joined TikTok about July 2019, June, July, the whole thing was you'd pick a song almost always and you'd dance along to it. And so... Um, the, the cringy thing that I never wanted to be was like the drafting a statement of claim dance, like the dance, then a dance point in the air and words appear to say, take initial instructions from client dance, did a dance, 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 point in the air, consider causes of action, dance, did a dance, dance to point Mm. in the air, you know, and, and, and some other word bubble jumped out. It just seemed really corny and dumb to me. So boring microseconds. (laughs) Well, it was, you know, it was over two years ago that, that this was, you know, this is after it changed from Musical.ly and everyone was yeah. like, well, like, what is this thing? How are we yeah. going to use it? And reasonably quickly, I just, just started doing the thing I was doing elsewhere on TikTok and just did it completely bloody relentlessly, which is easy advice to give and difficult advice to take. But to the extent I've enjoyed any success, it's just been 
banging my head against the wall, doing the same thing again and again and mm. again and again and again and again and again and again. <clears throat> and after that, doing it again a few more times. So did you film the dancing video? Like, is it, uh, <laughs> no. I actually have, <laughs> I've got no unuploaded draft videos of anything. That's okay. that's one of my huge natural blessings. If I like I have a huge number of privileges I bring to all my interactions, um, skin colour, educational background, white, cisgendered, all this sort of stuff. Uh, and another huge one is that I'm very much an 80-20 person or, or an 81-19 sort of a person and that I just get grumpy with stuff being on my to-do list for too long. And if I've done it, well, may as well get rid of it. And if it's not very good, great, I'll do a better one next time. Mm. And so that's a huge advantage, I think, in the content marketing sphere because I'm not paralyzed to be like, oh, I look pretty ugly in that. Or mm, I think I said the word director when I meant to say shareholder at minute three of that. Don't think we can upload it. I think we've got to go do it again. That sort of thing is very, very time consuming. And <clears throat> it is very, very demanding of you to have to go back and re-edit and re-watch and re-listen. And I'm lucky enough that that's just not the sort of work I'm prepared to do. <laughs> and so it means that there is no draft TikTok dance um, sitting anywhere. Uh, pretty much everything I've done, I think almost literally, is up and around the place. So, you know, it's all out there. It's good fun. And you're still, you're still employed. So that's... Uh... <laughs> So good. Well, my, good uh, to hear. my my ambition is not to be employed for long, but but hopefully this will be all all part of that strategy, uh, Brendan. Okay. As we as we march towards the uh, you know the final phase of a solicitor's uh, path uh, to the to the exciting equity stuff, but you know that's all that's all in the future. But hopefully, hopefully putting the uh, putting the effort in, putting putting the work in to uh, be well well and truly on that march. I am very curious about that. Well. Um, uh, okay, so TikTok, um, mm. you said consistency. So I know like yep. when you started, I think was there like a 15-second limit yep. on yep. videos? 100%. And so you were just smashing out these summarised videos. There was a plaintiff, quickly. there was a defendant, and what they used to argue about this bit in the contract and the court said it was bad. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. Which is fine. <laughs> but like, How happy were you when they started extending the time limit? I was absolutely delighted and then they extended from one minute to three minutes recently yeah. and i can't tell you brendan it's just such a delight <laughs> to actually be able to sit down and assemble a thought um because of course you know getting five or six hundred paragraphs of commercial litigation into 15 seconds to say hey a bank argued with an insurer the insurer said they were right but it turned out the bank was right see you later mm. that that sort of doesn't actually bring stacks of value to well, me, if I was to watch that, I'd go, oh, thanks, champ, you, you know, <laughs> good <laughs> on you. And so even having just stretching out to a minute to try to give a tiny bit of context or to spin it into a tiny bit of a suggestion of the, you know, so always be careful with your shareholders agreement or whatever it might be, um, I found to be a huge blessing. And also a joy in making it. Like you don't, you don't feel quite as anxious when you're like, well, I've only got 15 seconds to nail this. Either I'll do it or I won't. I'm going to publish it anyway. And some of them are pretty crap and not particularly helpful and some of them are reasonably helpful. But just with a bit more time, you have more of an opportunity to get your head screwed on, which I've been very grateful for. So thank you to the gods of TikTok and the TikTok <laughs> algorithm for granting that to us. Yeah, man, that's just... So did you find like, did you start to get more growth and more success from TikTok when when you could, you know, go into a bit more depth? No, it was it was very, very much drip, 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 drip consistency um and what i found is that occasionally tiktok will attach a jetpack to stuff um if you are what tiktok's looking for so if we take the examples of some people who you might think of as my competitors australian legal creators on tiktok all of whom started after me and all of whom are dominating me on tiktok if we take the example of harry dell tax talk harry dell's down the hall from me i've got love for has James Diamond, whose TikTok account, Aussie Lawyer, is amazing, and I encourage you to check it out. And I encourage anyone who's thinking about a legal on TikTok project to take a look at it because it looks great. Um, he sounds great, and he balances like a lifestyle um, sort of element with a rigorous legal element, so you'll get like rigorous advice on, on how you're going to do an e-commerce transaction or something like that, and then you get a snippet of his day. And it's just, it's just interesting and engaging. Um, and then Jahan Kalantar, you've had Jahan on, Brendan, I think. Yep. Yes. And so 
Jahan is relentless. Like he will just be on there finding an interesting or engaging or fascinating video or an article that, you, you know, you won't have come across and he'll sit down and pick it apart and give you an analysis. And then Harry, Harry Dell Tax Talk will just be hitting you with tax advice mm. or I would draw that, hitting you with tax information <laughs> that might be useful information for you as you go about planning your affairs. And he's very generous with answering questions. And so Harry will just be throwing valuable tax advice, bang, 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 day in, day out, answering questions. And so his growth has been phenomenal. Similarly, James James Diamond of Aussie Lawyer looks like it's great to look at, brings you information, entertains you. You know, you get a diverting look through the day. Uh, that's doing phenomenally well. And Jahan, who also goes live a lot, which I think is really valuable. So he and, and I've gone live with him a few times, and it's sort of fun and dynamic and engaging. <laughs> He's sort of got this strategy of publish talk, publish talk, publish talk, go live. And so whether you're watching him as a live show or whether you're checking in for 60 seconds a day to see if he's published anything new, he's also bringing you some, some, some new and fresh content as well. So mm. I'm happy to be in the conversation, but I think I'd probably have to take a bit of a backseat to, to those three particularly who I think are doing it really, really well uh, from an Australian lawyer's perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to have to check those people out. Um, I might, hopefully I remember to nag you after this episode to, um, let's just, let's just do it now. So, so when we're listening back to this, Brennan, I'll, I'll hear this and be like, Oh yeah, shit. I've yeah. got to, I've, I've, got, I've got to introduce Brennan to these guys. I will do so. Do not, do not worry. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, not, yeah. I'll, I'll just, um, yeah, I'll go and suss them out online as well, but, uh, yeah, man, if you can give me an introduction, that'd, that'd be, that'd mm. be sweet. Um, okay. So was there like, do you find that like you've got to get like a video that really, really connects and gets a lot of views? Is that really the the secret to growing your, your TikTok following? I think it's the exact opposite. It's the opposite. Um, okay. Because it's really exciting when one or two TikToks go bonkers. And so my average views would be between sort of 1,000 and five or 6,000, mm-hmm. which is like great but it's also not like insane tier like some of those other um some of those other accounts i've mentioned and then occasionally one will just go 15,000 one will just go 100,000 one will just go 150,000 for reasons that are not really immediately clear to me so the value i actually find is in the day in day out answering the questions doing a tiktok on this case that sort of seems a little bit ho-hum mm. rather than sort of going and finding a picturesque location and, I don't know, doing lots of editing and jumping out from nowhere or, you know, changing outfits or, 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 or trying to do engaging stuff. I actually find that it's more just hammering away day in, day out, and one in 50 of those, one in 20 maybe, will sort of slide out from that usual sort of bell curve and become unusually... Um, exciting, but I should say the the ones that go that way bring in a few more followers and bring in a few more likes and bring in some more vanity metrics, but they don't really change the vibe. You know, frankly, it's still often a lot of law students, often a lot of practicing lawyers and accountants hanging around talking about the profession, talking about law, uh, and that's pretty much it, sadly. So if I can spin that around to advice, what I'd say to anyone who was thinking about I'm kicking off a TikTok project is to, I guess, similarly to what we said about the podcast, to think about what you like to chat about, what sort of content you like to see on TikTok. And if that's dances with people pointing into the air with words coming down, great. Um, I'm not going to follow you, but that's just one person, you know, (laughs) that's just one person. I'm sure there'll be lots of people who are excited about that. And so again, it's worth following your curiosity. And for me, the thing, the sort of content I'm interested in making is content that's easy to make, that's quick. And so I'll just be, you know, um, attempting to do some exercise or something like that. There'll be a question that's come in. Great, put the question up. Oh, yeah, you know, some issue about the Corporations Act. Oh, yeah, interesting question, Blogsy. Thanks for asking. The whole point about Section 232 is blah, 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 blah. Click, select, upload, done. Like I'm not going to go edit. I'm not going to look at myself. I'm not going to spend time on it. I'm just going to try to give Blogsy as much value as I can for the question they were kind enough to ask. And that's content I'm excited to make. And then someone else might want to plot out and plan and refine and script things. And that's also cool too, if that's the sort of thing they'd like to do. Yeah. And I had um, I had a guest recently. She was great, Sasha. And she is um, very much against TikTok um, for law firms. Yeah, no, now, I, heard, I heard your interview with Sasha. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> now I... 
um, back, I've sort of recently um, told my guests that if I don't agree with you, I'm just going to respectfully disagree with you on the podcast mm. and we can just talk about it and it's all good. So back then I just kind of was like, okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to hear her thoughts on that. And I'm mm. not saying she's right or wrong, but I am kind of in the camp of like I think TikTok is a great opportunity for a lot of law firms and lawyers. I think it, like, it always depends on what your goals are. Mm. But like right now, TikTok's just insane. Like the the organic reach is like nothing else. Um, you know, if you want to grow on Instagram, one of the best ways to do it is Reels, which is basically a TikTok. Um, and you know, you can just reach so many more people. And it, Facebook used to be considered, you know, just for kids. Instagram used to be just for kids. Um, Snapchat is probably mostly just for people on Tinder. So we can we can ignore that one, but um, TikTok, I don't think it's like if you still think it's just for kids and who cares about TikTok, I think you're just going to get a bit left behind because if you try and jump on the TikTok bandwagon in a few years, it might not be the same. Completely agree with that. Um, um, These things age up. Like Facebook was very cool in 2008 and Instagram was really cool in 2013. (laughs) Twitter was really cool in 2009. TikTok was reasonably cool in 2020 and now is sort of, you know, boomering up even as we speak, you know, in part because of lawyers, your commercial litigators coming on to sort of muddy the waters and try to get you to join their law firm. And, um, look, there will be another thing, but, like, the TikTok moment is, well, the TikTok moment was 18 months to two years ago and it's now very much maturing. And so... I don't necessarily want to prod people to say you should you should go on, but I think it is fair to say that if you're looking at a content marketing strategy where you're trying to leverage your time as well as possible, then it would be a mistake not to carefully consider it. And Sasha, I, I heard the interview you did with Sasha. Sa- Sasha comes from a very specific client base, a lot of financial firms <clears> as well, and so I completely get that you're not going to sell um, a fairly bespoke sort of investment to um, baby boomers uh, on TikTok probably. But I think Sasha was also wise enough to qualify her advice to say, you know, for her specific circumstances and her specific clients that didn't necessarily jump out. I think TikTok is very good and underrated and underutilised for really the consumer end of the market. I mean, I, I, there is no one on there doing essentially Will's kit horror stories that I feel like it is the place to market your, you know, $440 will or whatever it is to be like, hey, you know, when your mum dies and your dad died and mum remarried, you know, kids didn't end up with the money, whatever. There are an infinite number of horror stories to do about wills and an infinite number of ways to be like, hey, just come through and pay me 400 bucks and it'll be fine. Um, whereas... My approach that, that Brendan, you and I have spoken about before is a much more um, long game branding strategy to be like, look, I just want to give as much value as I can and then we'll see what happens in four years or whatever it may be. But I do feel like there's a space for transactional interactions, more sort of salesy interactions perhaps than, than any of the four of the people who I mentioned, including me, um, are going for. And I don't say that critically because I don't want to follow an account doing salesy stuff, but also you know, my will is sorted out in a way that satisfies me. So I'm not going to be attracted to an account like that in the first place. I think if you're looking for consumer level stuff, TikTok is arguably the platform. But again, I don't necessarily argue too heavily with Sasha to say, if you are trying to get to high net worth individuals who are over the age of 55, 60, perhaps TikTok is not yet Mm. where they are. They're still hanging around on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, not yet. Could be. So, yeah, like I don't agree with the blanket statement that TikTok is not for lawyers. I think, yeah, it, it depend, depends on what your goals are and who your audience is. So you might know, I don't have the data on this, but do you have an idea of kind of like what the most popular age groups are on TikTok? I Sorry. don't, um, apart from that I understand it's just to be continuing to age up, that yeah. I think it's like late, late 20s, early 30s. Which is, you know, what Instagram was five years ago and what Facebook was five years before that. Um, these things just just come in waves. And TikTok will be the corny played out app that, you know, your older uncle uses in a year's time. 
and that your parents get on to in 18 months' time, you know, and that eventually you'll be like, oh, can you stop talking about, you know, corny old TikTok? Mm. And, you know, like we're in a position where 15 years ago Facebook was the coolest thing on earth to now it being the worst and most evil thing on earth. Mm. <laughs> and it's and it's it's some journey, but it's sort of the extreme version of what happens to all of these apps. They have their moment and it may last for a short time or a long time and, you know, then something else comes along. Yeah, the, the time to start is now. Um, oh, what was my bloody question? Um, no, I've, I've blanked um, on my question. Do you want to click through? Do you want me to do Twitter and Facebook and Instagram? Did you want to do that similar yeah, to the let's, episode? We've talked a lot about TikTok and I think that maybe some people listening to this, it doesn't matter what we say, they're probably never going to do it. So, you know, that's fair enough. So um, what about, yeah, the other the other platforms? I guess the, mm. the main ones people probably thinking about it, Facebook would be on a lot of people's minds, Instagram definitely for some, especially family lawyers, I think, um, LinkedIn. So maybe those those three, we probably should mention Twitter at some point, uh, especially yeah. for the overseas listeners, because about about twenty percent of people who listen to this podcast are actually from the states. Uh, so Hello. Twitter, yeah, Twitter <laughs> is a bit more of a big deal over there in Australia. It's a bit weird here; like we're not really like there's segments of our population that are really onto onto Twitter, but generally not really. So, might leave it to you. So. Yeah, what's your advice for all those sort of yeah. main main platforms? Well, um, uh, what's up to what's up to Brennan's US listeners? That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, Twitter, I think, is should should not be thought of as a content content sort of marketing platform, but more a place to engage. So it's a place where you go find a conversation and get into it. So if you're a lawyer who is perhaps at the forefront of uh, an area where there's a lot of law reform. Or if you're in an area where there's often like news coming in, if you think of like a defamation lawyer or perhaps something like migration or something like human rights, when there's going to be a lot of news or a lot of conversations for you to jump into and really advocate for and argue about and ask questions about, then I think Twitter's great to go get into having those conversations. But if you're thinking a more what we might call traditional content strategy, which is to say, sitting down, forming a plan and saying what sort of content are we going to publish uh, and how are we going to plan it out, then I don't think Twitter's ideal for that. Um, I think I think Twitter's a good spur at the moment, uh, uh, town town square interaction sort of place. So if that's, if that's consistent with the practice you're building, great, go there. Then if we turn to Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I think they're all reasonably similar um, and if we start at Facebook, which is my least favourite of the three, in parks is the one I enjoy using the least, uh, but also because of the fact that the organic reach is so poor um, as to be zero-ish, you know, not not absolute zero. But, Brendan, you would have had the experience of, of clients who'll have 27 followers of their firm on Facebook, uh, will get zero uh, engagement with an organic post and then you'll help them boost a post or you'll help them target a post and they'll get fabulous engagement from that. It feels, uh, it's very transactional, very mercantile is the ugly way of putting it. But the attractive way of putting it is you can be really surgical. You can really get into your um, demographics. So if you know that your best family law outcomes actually come from blokes who are divorced quite young you can really focus into your 30s to 40s male identifying, uh, you know, people and throw some ads their way. Or you can experiment. You can try with blokes that age. You can try with women in their 60s and 70s, whatever it might be. So I think Facebook is fabulous if you've got a budget and if you're prepared to do the work of really diving into the data. I think Facebook's great for that. Instagram, um, I actually enjoy using a fair bit. So I think I'm showing my age with that. And I actually find it one of the more enjoyable, probably alongside TikTok platforms to use. So, so I very much consider it a place to sort of have fun and be a little bit playful, but then try to drop some uh, rigorous content every third or fourth post. So I try to do a big long case note every third or fourth post. And then basically everything else is a funny gag or a picture of a cup of coffee and talk about, you know, what sort of coffees I like, or, you, you know, a self-deprecating joke of something silly that's happened. And then, boom, a little bit of homework. So you're sort of eating your vegetables 
um, with your with your main course or with your dessert or whatever it might be. So I think Instagram's a good a good place to go for that sort of middle ground. So if sometimes you want to take a photo of yourself outside the front of your law firm going, you can't believe we're back in the office, but then you want to talk about your fantastic team in a really um, almost sort of advertising flavored uh, post about how great you are and, and how and how you want to get some more clients in. I feel like Instagram can actually carry that balance between uh, playfulness and reasonably direct calls to action. I think Instagram is mm. a good balance for that. Um, LinkedIn, I think, is easy to underrate as no fun at all, business only. And I think if you think of it as no fun at all, business only, then you're likely to have not very much fun there. Um, I feel like people are on LinkedIn to feel like they're doing work. And so whenever they get a frisson of fun, you, you know, Brendan, we've got a lot of photos of your dog recently, and I suspect they've been performing better than your more rigorous, more business-focused posts. And I suspect you probably enjoyed posting them a bit more and engaging with people about it a bit more. And so it's almost similar advice to what I said about Instagram, but perhaps a bit more business heavy that if you do one, two, three business posts, then there's scope for your fourth one to be something a bit silly or something a bit lighthearted or a photo you've taken from the train into the station on your first day back after lockdown to say, like, aren't we all lucky and isn't this a nice sunrise or whatever it might be. So I think LinkedIn Oh, oh, sorry. And then the final thing to say on an initial basis about LinkedIn is its organic reach can still be pretty wild. Yeah. So if you manage to have a beautiful dog like you, <laughs> Brenton, and put a photo up, I imagine those numbers are would dwarf a rigorous post about marketing or, a, hey, I've got a new episode of my podcast out. And so you almost have, you know, as a data set, you might have a smooth... 1,000 views to take a fairly level-headed example of most of your posts and then occasionally a 10,000, 20,000 for a photo of a dog or in my case, a 10,000, 20,000 when I do like a, a self-deprecating joke or, or take a swipe at the profession or something that's sort of lighthearted. Essentially, it's a tweet. So essentially, something that I would tweet, I'll just post it as a short LinkedIn text post and sometimes those go mad. Mm. But I think... Yeah, it's almost the inverse of Instagram to go business, business, fun, business, business, fun, business, business, fun. And I think there's, you know, real purchase to be had there and real organic reach to be enjoyed there. So that's that's probably my view on the Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram position. Yeah, yeah. I think you broke it down really well. And I, I like, there's a lot of things to unpack there. So LinkedIn, you talked about organic reach. So like a good example of that would be, your post recently about when you Googled yourself and you saw a, a an ad for a competing law firm. I don't even know if they are a competitor of yours or not, but that one just blew Probably up. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, we don't have to name anyone, but like the photo yeah. wasn't even like, not not trying to bring it down or anything, but it was a very yeah. simple photo. Like you hadn't even cleaned your computer screen and it was yep. just a photo of you Googling your name and then seeing a, a, Google, a Google ad for another law firm. And, and, um, Every time someone commented on that post, I got a notification because you tagged me in it, but I'm okay with that. And um, I'm like, I'm looking at this thing and it's just blowing up. And like, did you think that that post would go go well? No, it's it's more a throw shit at the wall slash amuse myself kind of scenario where if I try to predict where what the algorithm wants me to do, that's sort of what I used to do a couple of years ago. I tried to really predict what the algorithm wanted um, and that's going to drive you mad because you might have spent a long time trying to craft the perfect one for the algorithm and it just goes nowhere. Um, I very much do the opposite now. I really just try to please myself and I please myself either by doing something that amuses me and that I hope will amuse others or that I hope is valuable to others. So, you know, some of the content I work the hardest on is either these fairly rigorous case notes but also little shout outs to songs I like where I do like a little mini review. And I was like, I was a professional reviewer for 15 years. So I was like, people are going to love hearing my thoughts about these songs and they always bomb. It's just the funniest, these posts, but it brings me pleasure to occasionally, you know, put out this forgotten Mad Lib Guilty Simpson song from 14 years ago that three people will enjoy. But it just brings me pleasure to sort of have that as part of my content mix. Because, you know, next week I might do a joke that some people enjoy more than the song from last week or, or whatever it may be. So I think you can easily drive yourself mad um, by 
chasing what you think the algorithm wants rather than prioritizing what sort of brings you pleasure. And, and, and I say pleasure in the loose sense. It might be pleasure in your thoughts of the best way to chase business. But I think if you're not doing stuff that you can stand behind and enjoy, then the question is, well, how long are you going to be able to do that for? And for me, I'm sort of three years deep into this pretty consistently, day in, day out, week in, week out, uh, with a couple of fortnight breaks over the past few years. And I think that's only because I'm doing stuff that I enjoy doing because um, there are plenty of people, Brendan, that you know well who have popped up and really put their skates on for three or four or five weeks of hard work, content marketing, and then just fizzled out. Mm. And I think that's because they were doing something that they didn't necessarily enjoy or necessarily want to stand behind. And so that's one of the great advantages I've got. Yeah, yeah. I'm just getting my battery charger. I'll be back. Give me oh. 30, 40 seconds. Okay, cool. Well, um, <laughs> here we go. So James has just disappeared quickly and uh, I'm sure he'll be back. So, yeah, I might just uh, keep talking to myself about some of the things that he's said there. So, yeah, if you're listening uh, and you're wondering about uh, which social media platforms to really go for as a, as a small law firm, um, great point on LinkedIn. So the organic um, reach on LinkedIn is still very good. Uh I haven't invested in any ads on LinkedIn at this point. I don't think I've ever found the need to do so. So LinkedIn is definitely something worth having a go at. Now, um, I uh, totally agree with the, um, you know, sort of giving some balance with the type of content that you post on LinkedIn. And it is worth considering some slightly more personal posts, um, maybe, you know, uh, James has just popped back, but uh, I'm sure he'll let me know when he's ready. But I think that, you know, you've got to be careful with how personal you you get on LinkedIn, depending on, you know, the risks that you're willing to take. But even just, um, you know, a selfie or something about, you know, work-life balance or, you know, photo with your dog and, yeah, some stuff, um, slightly more personal stuff on LinkedIn can go really well. Um, James is back and he's nodding his head. Um are we, are we I'm all agreeing good? with that? I, I, I heard that final point that I that I yeah. agree with. Uh, we're, we're in hand. Uh, we just got to see the fine balance between uh, being married to an essential worker and running a homeschool at the same time as trying to run a legal practice. So Brendan will be too polite to have told you that I came out of a hearing earlier this morning, came into a chat with Brendan, and I'm trying to run a homeschool downstairs simultaneously. And, you know, Sanity is uh, is a is a not to be underrated blessing uh, just at the moment, but uh, <laughs> we'll Mate, be out soon. We'll be out soon. Just happy to have you. you. You've probably got every excuse under the sun not to do a podcast. So I just appreciate that you've made the time. Oh, I'm having fun too. Well, well, this is this is this is sort of the point. And if I can say thanks to that, and then leverage it, and then then turn forty five degrees to talk about leverage, Brendan, then I think we sort of half glossed over a little earlier. Uh, and it's almost relevant for the Chamberlain's podcast that you were kind enough to raise before. The other firm suggestion I'd make and the other reason to try to be on every, well, every quote, quote, try to be on as many as you can be bothered being on platforms is the opportunity for leverage. So, Brendan, you'll take this interview and for you it will be a podcast up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and a few other places, but you might be able to take a still from it uh, you know, and you might be able to have one post today saying, I chatted to James, next week it'll be up or, or, or whatever. There'll, there'll be a number of different pieces of content you can spin from it. And that I think is effectively leveraging your time. And in fact, now that you're on TikTok, you might grab a 50-second grab that you like and edit that into something on TikTok or whatever it might be. I think the more traditional approach to content marketing sees that leverage opportunity lost. So someone might just draft a blog post for their firm's blog and go, done, job done, that's it. And taking even the smallest step to popping onto LinkedIn to be like, hey, I work at this firm, here's a blog post I did. Even just doing that is an extra step in that direction. And so part of the sales pitch for you should join TikTok, and I don't like using shoulds, but if we just use should loosely, the real should, sorry, I should say, rather than to backtrack is you should diversify as much as you can bear is so that your hard work in drafting that blog post is as fully realized as possible. You want to leverage the effort you spent in drafting the blog post 
for it to be in as many different places and before as many different eyeballs as you can possibly manage. Yes, you were sounding very lawyery just then, James. Very, very proud of you for the yeah, um, yeah. clarification Look, I- over the word of the <laughs> over the use of the word should. I withdraw like saying I withdraw that has come into my my day to day parlance too much. I say that no, I withdraw that. Uh, and so, <laughs> and so I've been infected. Look, it's been 13 years, Brendan. Some some of it's got under my skin for sure. Yeah, I I when you said I withdraw that earlier on in the podcast, I just I was like, wow, this guy's a lawyer. And then when you just used the word parlance, I was like, yep, this guy's a lawyer. Quite a quite a vocabulary you've got there, mate. Very. <laughs> you put in me I'll to shame. I'll take the compliment happily. <laughs> My girlfriend, when she met me, one of the things she said was, "You know, Brennan, you have a very confusing um, Australian accent." At times because sometimes you sound like a private school boy and other times you definitely sound like you're from Newcastle because sometimes like I say instead <laughs> of you I say I say yeah and <laughs> I was like okay. yeah right yeah sometimes I do sound a bit rough around the edges other times I sound like I'm completely up myself so it's all over the place <laughs> I get look I've I've got as you can hear one of those awful accents from Sydney private schools and apparently to certain ears it's very South African so apparently I I get it a, a moderate amount right. I'm like oh you're South African I'm like nope never been I got I got no real idea what you're talking about so look, I get it. The like the, the accent pain, Brenda. I get it. It is it is real. I'm there. It is real. When you said, "Oh, not I'm not South African. Never been." And I, and my brain just said, "What do you mean you've never been South African?" I was like, <laughs> "Oh, he's <sorry. laughs> Well, yeah, both. Sorry, both. I've never visited. I've never visited. Nor 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 have I ever been. I, Who's the lawyer now, Kelsey? <laughs> that was pretty sharp. That 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 was impressive. That was good. All right, All right I with I withdraw. I withdraw that <laughs> comment. Um, no, law grad, law grad mm. turned law firm marketing specialist. Everybody, yes, sorry, yes. Every yes, every now and then, someone um, will post about me on social media, and they'll call me a lawyer, and I'm like, I don't want to be a dick and say in the comments that I'm not a lawyer, and I'm like. My website says I'm a law grad. I don't say I'm a lawyer. I'm just not going to correct this person right now. So mm. hopefully we're all good. But um, comments, uh, so Instagram, um, mm. what I had to say about that, still mm. very exciting platform. One of the things, okay, so I'm 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 kind of becoming less and less of a fan of Facebook for probably similar reasons to you. It's, it is mm. full of hate. Uh, but, yeah, the organic reach is just absolutely shit. Mm. Um Instagram is still exciting. The organic reach is not as good as it could be, but there is still place. Uh, there's there's the reels, there's the discover page. Like there is still, um, there's the stories. There are things you can do to reach people without pumping money into ads if you don't want mm-hmm. to. Um, Facebook is just full of angry boomers basically now. And it's just not fun. It's just not a fun place. <laughs> it's Yeah. It's, it's not an exciting place to be, and so I'm not excited to apply more time and effort to sort of Im- improving that. And it sort of becomes it's like the the opposite of the network effect, or, or or maybe this is in fact part of the network effect of the fewer people who I care about interacting with who are on there, the fewer people who I care about interacting with will be on there. And so I'm I'm only there really for a sense of completeness. Yeah, and to stay in contact with old relatives who I don't know how else I'd contact them were it not for Facebook. So, um, and then for the marketing stuff, look, look, it, it is there to round out the diverse portfolio of locations that that we ought to be at. But it's very, very, very low on the list of priorities for me. Yeah, agreed. I think it could be really easy to get. It could be easy to get discouraged, especially if you're just a small law firm, maybe a solo practitioner just starting out, and you're you know posting on Facebook, and you're finding that maybe you're not getting as much engagement as you like. I would um, probably encourage people like that to sort of use it as a tool to show people that you're open for business. So just posting once a week shows that you are open for business and that you are, um, you know, happy to take phone calls and and things like that. So that's a good thing. So you, it shows that you exist and that you're operational, um, even though, of course, people can just call up your law firm or email you, but a lot of people will want to sort of stalk you on Facebook first. So it could be a good way to prove that. Um, yeah, might not get the best organic reach, but um, 
you can also get Facebook reviews. So it's another good way to get some reviews. But yeah, I think Facebook used to be kind of like the 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 essential social media platform for most small law firms. I'm now like not 100% sure about how successful it can be for a lot of them unless they are going to pump a lot of money into ads. Probably be leaning towards Instagram and LinkedIn as possibly being more important. Um, you're nodding your head. Yeah, especially LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I think it is, it is the place where you surge and the organic reach can potentially be there, as 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 can the targeting element. Like I, I just, I just, uh, Facebook is comfortably the best for bespoke targeted advertising, and I, I just have to accept that. But um, the LinkedIn targeted advertising can be pretty amazing too. You can go down to job description and location. So if you want to, you you know, look for CFOs in the Sydney area, you can do that. If people have described their job accurately then bang, like you are going to be able to advertise to them and you can craft your ad to be like, hey, Sydney CFOs, have you heard about blah? Um, I think that's fairly amazing. So depending on whether you're consumer-facing or whether you're business-facing, I think LinkedIn could very well be the answer. And, but the, I, again, I don't, I don't want to write off Facebook because it's so big, yeah. <laughs> um, but it just is is not exciting, I think is really the short the short point. If yeah. you're... If you're coming at it from an individual person, an individual practitioner perspective, it doesn't bring a lot of value. But I think you're right, Brendan, that if, if you're coming from a firm perspective, a small business perspective, then potentially there's just the tiniest bit more time worth spending on it than if you were just one person, as I am, um, going off on a content project. Mm, yeah, yeah, consumer-facing stuff. But, yeah, so if you were on LinkedIn, mm. I think LinkedIn can be a great place to... Uh, build your build your referral network with other lawyers and other accountants and people who might be inclined to refer to you. So even if you are just doing CRIM or family or something, um, LinkedIn could be a great place to grow your referral network. But it also could be a great place if you're you know a commercial lawyer. And then Instagram can be great for family law, great for CRIM, uh, maybe not so great for commercial law. So. Yeah, if we look at it like yeah, (laughs) if we look at it like that, then you know Facebook becomes less and less necessary. It's just a shame that it's just so it's just so popular. But it's you know if you don't really give a shit about Facebook, you can just post your you know do a blog post once a week and just share the link on Facebook, and then you can be like, all right, I've done my job. (laughs) And you're open for business, like on the Facebook page that has your phone number, business hours, and address. And you're like, yep, great, okay. No one else is going to squat on the name of my law firm. I've got my business hours. Chuck my blog post up there. I'll get one like per month. Who cares? You, you know, it'll be from me or my mum. You know, we're the only people who like it, but that's fine. And then off yeah. we go. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I, th- I think that's the right, the right approach. Yeah, but anyway, whoever's listening right now and is um, is, uh, is 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 curious about social media, then uh, just get in there and have a go. Throw things at the wall and see what sticks or whatever the expression is. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm content with that. I yeah. endorse that strategy. That's basically all we needed to say. We didn't need mm. to have a um, a long podcast episode about it. But hey, it's oh, been we enjoyed it though. <laughs> I did, <laughs> mate. Speaking I'm just, yourself, I'm just, I'm taking the piss. It's always good to have you. Uh, how was this? How was the second date for you, James? Yeah, look, I think if you play your cards right, Brennan, yeah, like there might there might be a third a third third date on the horizon. Like it was great. I, I appreciate your time, Brennan, and I know that it's sometimes challenging to crack through the like dominant discourse about what's a cool you know platform and what's not, and what's hot and what's not. And so it's always a nice opportunity for me to come and. Tick tack with you about TikTok uh, and that's like and that sort of thing to sort of um, find out where uh, where your head's at and where sort of the market is is leading and, and I appreciate the chance to kind of crystallise my thoughts too. So it's a very good second date. Um, both of them have been by Zoom at the moment, so you're probably going to have to wow me on the third date. But I'm looking forward to it as well. I've got high hopes. Mate, what happens on the third date? Just one, just asking for a friend. I'm married um, to the person I started dating at age 18. So I've been out of the <laughs> dating game for 22 years. Yeah. So I have absolutely no idea about what dating's about. But look, and I, surely a nice lunch would be uh, would be good fun. You can take take, yeah. take me out somewhere picturesque. I look forward to it. Yeah, mate. Sounds good. And uh, what was the other buddy question I had? Okay, when's the um, branded mm. coffee in a case note coffee blend coming out? 
I think never. I think. <sighs> I think if I'm a quote quote influencer, which is to say someone who leverages social media notoriety to for financial gain, the financial gain is paying my law firm money for me to perform legal services. Like, I don't think I'd be excited to buy a coffee in a case notes beans. I don't think. I don't know, but I'm not the marketing guy. I'm not the marketing guy, Brendan. So never is my answer, but I'm I'm available to take advice on that. Has anyone ever like is this a common question you get? The 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 brand. Uh, it's more merch. Brand. People are like, where's the mug? Where's the hoodie? Ah, like, yes. oh, I, I don't know. I don't I it's just not something that excites me. Oh. Um I wouldn't buy like I would not buy a hoodie from some idiot lawyer on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And so I'm not excited about being someone selling it. I don't, but as I say, I'm available to take advice. Available to take advice. Okay, cool. All right, let's um, wrap it up. So, yeah, that was a great second date with James. I'm very satisfied with where this relationship is going. And um, now what else do I usually say to people when I wrap up an episode? Yeah, so there's links in the description. There's probably too many links, but definitely go and um, give James a, a good stalk uh, on the internet and uh, maybe say hello. He's he's generally you know, a pretty friendly guy, I think. Um LegalSense.com.au, heaps of free resources there. Don't forget. Hell yeah, there are. And so there you go. So I'm going to um, say thank you, James, and I'll uh, end this uh, recording very shortly. And to everyone who's listened to this episode, thank you so much for your time. And until next time, I'm Brennan Kelso, and you've been listening to Better Law Firm Marketing. All right. Thanks for having me, Brendan. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye. My, my pleasure. <laughs>